This episode is brought to you by Magical Butter. The Magical Butter Machine is the world's first countertop botanical extractor designed for creating fantastic recipes, infusing the essence of healthy herbs into butter, oil, grain alcohol, lotions, and more. Go to MagicalButter.com and enter the promo code Weed and Grub for 20% off at checkout. MagicalButter.com Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? I'm feeling saucy and spicy today. Salty, saucy, spicy? Salty, saucy, and spicy. How uh-huh. are you? What's up? Um, sassy, sweaty, and slippery. <laughs> sweaty. <laughs> I yeah. am. Yeah. Yeah, tis the season. It's a little swampy. I want to talk. I was thinking when I was walking back over here to, um, oh, from picking up the stuff from Maryland, mm-hmm. how I was trying to find a comparison for the underscore mm-hmm. because I feel like it is the most frustrating and most it's the most loathed of symbols. The underscore. The underscore. Yeah. Okay. Like at this is Mary Jane underscore. Oh, I hate it so much. Right, the underscore. I always is say low. There's an underscore. This is a nightmare. Yes. Yeah. It it is. And everyone's like, your handle is at this is Mary Jane underscore. This is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a fucking nightmare. It mm-hmm. is a nightmare, and that'd be a very fun handle if you do change your Instagram. <laughs> Please change it to that. Yeah. And it's so sticky. Might be worth it. Everyone will remember that. <laughs> at this is Mary Jane underscore. This is a nightmare. Uh huh. <laughs> got me early in the game yeah that's really funny good okay it's does it get a bad rap or is it just a piece of shit i think it's just meaningless because nobody knows how to pronounce it underscore yeah like it doesn't have a sound you know right like all the other symbols and letters well i guess not all of the other symbols but you know at is at it's simple right but it's also like a it's also like there was panic and they were like, I don't know, a line on the ground symbolizes everything else frustrating until we figure out workarounds well, in our what lives. What does it actually symbolize? I don't, it's not that it's a symbol. It's like a way for you to get what you want, but not really get what you want. Cause you want at this is Mary Jane. No, but I'm talking about the actual, just the underscore on its own. What does it symbolize? What does it mean? Nothing. It, Cause you need a letter over it. So it can become what it wants to be, which is an underline. Mm, no. Cause it's a betweeny. Exactly. It's like it's not a it's not an Eevee yet in Pokemon. It's some f- lower level it's a, beast. It's a linky uppy hybrid. Right? It's not a hyphen. Hyphen. Ooh, everyone loves a hyphen. Hyphen's a badass. Yeah, right? It's got a mohawk. Yep. If you raise <laughs> the hyphen is the mohawk <laughs> of punctuation. I like that. I feel that way. Yeah. You but, know what you know what the Canadian umlaut is? What? Remember this? The Canadian umlaut? Mhm. No, what? The hockey stick? Oh yeah, it is a hockey stick. <laughs> Hyphen's mohawk. Hyphen's the mohawk, and the underscore is a coffin. Oh. Buried six feet deep. Ooh. I just hate it. Everyone hates it. It has yeah, to know. It's got to do. It's maybe, well, maybe it needs a little imagery vamp. How would you rebrand the underscore so that it's celebrated? Because it does do a lot of heavy lifting, and it gets, it for all the heavy lifting it does, it gets even more negative reviews. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No glory for the underscore. I can't imagine how you would revamp it. Look at all I do for you. Yeah. I don't know. You ungrateful. You know what you would need to do to revamp it is make it. Um, oh, you know where it actually the underscore plays a really important role. I'm going to shout it out. ASCII. 
What's that? You know, ASCII characters like where like the, the like the shrug or like any of the yes. drawings where people make like designs of like a house and then you running out the door, but it's all in like lines and dashes. Yes. The underscore plays a very important part in the ASCII game. It's so crucial. It is a keystone to I the think, ASCII. I think it's pronounced ASCII. Who right? cares? I know what you're talking about yeah. now. So the underscore does play a very crucial architectural role in many ASCII uh, symbols. So symbols, emblems, symbols. Symblogies. <laughs> oh yeah, what's the blowjob emoji? Um, two underscores and no, wait, wouldn't it be? Well, that's just like a, a lip, two underscores and a. I don't drip? know. Well, we'll have to think about this. Okay, I'd like to hear from someone actually. Oh, what the blowjob emoji mm-hmm. is? That's a great idea. Not the blowjob emoji, the blowjob ASCII. Right? Yes, yes. Because blowjob emoji is an eggplant and then the squirt. Right, and some lips. Oh, and some lips. Yeah. Oh, that's what you were saying. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. But the blowjob <laughs> ASCII. Yeah. That, what would that look like? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not um, well versed in the art of making ASCIIs. Well, welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast <laughs> about weed and grub. <laughs> Cannabis comedy and culture. That's it. Coming to you from California. Yo. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we talk about ASCIIs. Oh, man. And (laughs) blowjobs. That feels right. That feels good. That's exactly what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just trying to crack the world's codes for the things not thought of sometimes. Man, we got to find the key. We got to Dan Brown that shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I watched, uh, uh, what's the one with the Mona Lisa and the Tom Hanks hunt? I have no idea. They're like the secret of the the Da Vinci hair shirt or whatever. (laughs) I know there's the Da Vinci Code and then Angels and Demons, I think, actually. I'm lying. I totally know the names. Why were you trying to be cool and act like you don't know something? Oh, fucking. Because I read them, too. I did, too. I read them in like 24 hours. I think statistically or like there's, there's something about them being like the most readable. I read a piece about how they had, someone had like broken it down and sort of like figured out like the the like the amount of lines per page, the font, the breakdown of his sentence structure, all of that has made him the one of the most widely read authors because he found the key yes. to write something that's incredibly readable wow. for the majority of people. I would love to, having read them now, go back and dissect the rhythm of the page a bit more then. Yeah. That sounds the really Dan interesting. The Dan Brown style, which yeah. is kind of no style because I don't remember one single fucking thing that he wrote. Not the point, right? Not the fucking point. Yeah. I mean, he's so uh, tightly tuned. He's like the CrossFit of novelists, right? <laughs> it's like fucking meaningless. Yeah. Nobody likes it. <laughs> but when it when when you're part of that club, everyone talks about Everyone's it. Everyone's into it and gets made into hit movies, and everyone throws money at it. But CrossFit, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like cro- I feel like CrossFit. Dan Brown is to novels and writers as CrossFit is to like um, the women's soccer team. I'm not sure I understand. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm saying. Wait, Dan Brown is to writing and novelists as CrossFit is to the Olympics. Okay. Is that better? It's it's broader, and it, I started tightening my butthole when you said women's soccer team, and I was like, oh, no, is she going to say something negative? Okay, wait. I couldn't, And then I couldn't pay attention. Let me try more time. Okay. Dan Brown is to novelists as CrossFit is to the Olympics because Dan Brown and CrossFit are like these tight sort of like commercial things that like, you know, everyone wants to buy and everyone's into and stuff, but... 
a really beautifully written novel is like the Olympic sports in that there's like an art and a class and a history and a meaning behind them and they reach across space and time. Yo. Because they're art forms in their own way. Damn right. I'm not, I don't know if I agree with you, but I like that you're taking that stand. Oh, you think someone's going to be reading Dan Brown in a hundred years from now? That's a great, okay, because I immediately thought of Harry Potter and how readable all of those series were and how they're going to be timeless. But Harry Potter is incredibly well-written and beautifully crafted and gorgeous stories and created an entire world, whereas Dan Brown is just like like a fucking weird, like, I don't even know. Like, Well, I, I didn't mind reading Dan Brown in 24 hours because I love reading a book and everybody like is wants to read a book that you get absorbed in and you're lost and you go page to page to page and I binged that book but do you remember anything that he actually wrote or said you just remember the plot I remember Tom Hanks you remember the plot and Tom Hanks in the movie yeah but you don't remember anything that Dan Brown actually wrote or any sort of philosophies that he espoused through his amazing there's no Dan Brown quotes on anyone's wall no (laughs) (laughs) but he did this incredible thing where he sort of like found something and then tuned it up and banged on it and made it go yeah. Dan fucking Brown. Huh. And Tom Hanks. Did you see Mr. Rogers trailer? I did. What'd you think? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful trailer. It's really exciting. Mm. Everyone was posting it like with the crying face emoji like, oh, I oh, can't fuck wait you. To fuck yeah. you. Well. What? Why? Oh, my my childhood is here and it's making me get all the oh, feels. I, like, fuck you. No, really? I like the cry face emoji because it means you felt so good that you cried. But you didn't. I'm not against it. I shed a tear when I watched it. Don't look at me like that. I did. Did you, you really? Well, you know I cried at the drop of a fucking hat. I so. know you did, but I would you be willing to tell me why you cried? Because all I saw when I saw everyone being like, oh, my tears. Who else cried 30 seconds in all that? I was like, you're a bandwagon piece of shit who's just trying to get retweeted and have a Mr. Rogers trailer tweet go oh. viral to make a small part of it about you. That's what that felt like to me. Oh, that's so, not was not my experience at all. I think it was just everyone relating to something that they all loved together one time. That's so beautiful. <laughs> that's so much harmony in that. You know, it's yeah. like, why did everyone like Bob Ross? It was just, you know, everyone loved this positive icon that this movie has been made starring America's dad, and they're excited to see it, and they were all talking about it on America's the internet. dad. Yeah. Mr. Tom. Rogers was really America's dad, Oh, huh? I was thinking Tom Hanks, but yeah. Oh, sure. But uh, yeah, I think we can stretch that across quite a few people or characters. Yeah, Mr. Rogers was like America's really awesome, kind uncle, kind, non-creepy uncle. Mm -hmm. And Tom Hanks is America's dad. And now he's playing the uncle. I guess that's it. Anyway. Fuck extended America's metaphors. dad is playing <laughs> no, no, its no. uncle? It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, please. This is But fun. everyone is so excited to see it because I think because they all remember something so beautiful in Mr. Rogers. We all know the sound of like the, you know, the train when it dings and like the owl. Like all, you know, you, you can hear the sounds. And then, you know, seeing that trailer and having it come alive a little bit just is making everyone feel hopeful in a time when like, I don't know everything's fucked up so people want good stuff it does seem like the only way to cut through the chatter of the world is either chaos and disruption on a high level or something that is so beautiful beautiful it is it's you know uh, there was a piece that was posted karen kilgariff actually uh, tweeted out this link and she said this should be required reading for women and girls everywhere and it was a link to this incredibly written essay by I would have to look it up I can't remember did you post about it as well I wrote about it on Facebook and then it got picked up I know it was just like this should be required reading everyone should read this essay and put it on our weed and grub Facebook because everyone should follow us on Facebook yeah 
<laughs> it's true. Yeah, absolutely. And it, oh, it's called The Crane Wife. And it was by a writer called uh, named C.J. Hauser. And everyone picked it up and, you know, was like re-spreading it and commenting on it. And I think they were doing that because it was so beautifully written. It's an incredible essay about a woman who ends an engagement and then sort of goes on this trip and finds herself. And it's just so beautiful. But I don't think there was any bandwagony aspect of it, apart from the fact that it was this incredibly written piece that resonated with everyone. You know? This is a good place to get into Grubla Gazette. Oh, it is a good place to get into the Grubla Gazette. Are you ready? Yeah. Grubla Gazette presented by At Word on the Tree. Follow At Word on the Tree for everything good in cannabis news. Yeah, sorry. I could have said that I was lighting this joint. I could have picked up the baton since you're going to tell the story. And I could have been like, oh, this is what Grubla Gazette is. Uh-huh. It's a by Word on the Tree, but... But you were immersed in lighting that sweet Lowell Farms pre-roll. Shout out Lowell Farms. Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. Great story. Grubla Gazette. <laughs> Presented by Word on the Tree. Uh-huh. Follow at Word on the Tree for everything good in cannabis news. Going to hit this joint. This week's story is super in the pocket for everything that we're about. It's <coughs> cannabis. It's comedy. It's culture. And it's calling shit out. And it's calling shit out. So this week's story is that South Park took a jab at MedMen. There earlier this year, there was a short film um, or a short film. It was like a commercial. It was a two-minute short. Propaganda di- piece of shit. D- well, directed by Spike Jones. Released by MedMen in February, which uh, basically is like this. If you haven't seen it, you can just Google it. It's on YouTube, and it's like a whole look at the cannabis prohibition from George Washington all through now. And it feels... I mean, you said piece of shit when you saw it, right? It's terrible. It is brainwashy marketing trash. Yeah. It's fucking propaganda trash. It feels like it was dreamed up by execs and then executed by, yeah. By a celebrity. By Spike fucking Jones. And so this week, South Park took a jab at Corporate Weed in a clip where they made fun exactly. It was sort of like a shot-by-shot retelling of the ad up to a certain point where they're like, Tegrity Farms. And there's a one moment where the voiceover says, and then a bunch of young corporate banker types come along telling us we're all in the new normal as they try to turn God's green miracle into an easy buck for themselves. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. South Park, I love you. It's fucking awesome. Tegrity Farms is basically, yeah, just a rip. And it's fucking great and funny. And Archie agrees and he's clicking around about it. The worst part about that ad for me, you saw it. Yeah. When I was watching the Spike Jones ad by MedMen, he doesn't, he's barefoot at the end. Oh, the guy meeting his partner in the driveway to help bring, bring in the shopping. In shopping. Uh-huh. He, he's barefoot. But I think he came out to help bring in the shopping. He no. just came out of the house. Oh, I thought he was. They were trying to indicate that he's a he shops barefoot. No, I don't think so. You're right. He came out to help. Yeah, I think he's helping. I don't like it. Yeah, you're against it. Well, I also think that if you are barefoot in an ad, because people we never see feet. They always feel like, oh, there's something a little off here. Oh, right. Because we never see feet. So mm-hmm. it's always like that perfect place to like get your slithery message in is if you have someone in bare feet because your eyes are going to naturally go to that. Oh. And so that's why it's like, oh, look at this multicultural family bringing in their shopping after work. And he's barefoot and casual. It just says so much in those bare feet that I am against so interesting that you saw that and feel that way about it. That's what that means to me. Hey, let's have him be barefoot. So natural, but a little bit off. So our message seeps in a little deeper because you're a bit uncomfortable. Interesting. I hate that shit. You and feet, huh? Feet, yes. <laughs> yes. I don't like feet. The 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 fucking best part of it is, is really like, there. so if anyone who doesn't know what MedMen is, MedMen is like a massive uh, cannabis company that has opened up dispensaries all around the country. And they're like big corporate cannabis. And 
for that ad that they did with Spike Jones, I'm just reading from this article that's on marijuanamoment.net. It says they came under fire for racist and sexist comments that its executives allegedly made. So they they're under fire for not only like being this sort of corporate cannabis, but they're also like shitty people. Was that did that come out before or after this multicultural? We fight for the little guy. We are all inclusive bullshit. I think afterwards. It was afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. So it's a little infuriating that there are these companies who are sort of like selling the message of being inclusive and positive in order to make a buck. And then it turns out that, oh, the people at the top are actually making terrible comments and being awful people. So yay fucking South Park for putting them on blast and just, you know, having the back of the fucking real cannabis culture and the real fucking people who are actually fighting to legalize the fucking plant so that everyone can have access to it and not go to prison for it. And, you know, yeah, make money off it in an honest way and not in a fucking you know, shares for your investors kind of way. And not that there's also really anything wrong with that. There are plenty of good cannabis brands who are making great money. But um, I, but you don't have to sell a bill of goods that feels false and is so obviously manipulative. Manipula- I can't even manipulate the word. Manipulative. <laughs> I don't like being... Uh, how much... This goes exactly back to what were we what were we talking about at the beginning where you were like it's beautiful and you should be open to that and see it Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Mr. Rogers, mm-hmm. the authenticity of Mr. Rogers. Yes. And how that is resonating even today now more than ever because everybody needs a fucking break. Yeah. Right? And, yes, and capitalism is not evil and there are corporations who are acting in a way that is helpful for, you know, benefits all of their employees and the people who are, you know, taking the line share the money home. That's okay. Yes. It's the way it works. Yes. But especially in this industry as it comes online and we have the opportunity to decide what it fucking looks like, companies that are not behaving in a, a ethical way should be put on blast. And authenticity or non what's the opposite of authenticity? Uh, inauthenticity. In, I almost said un. <laughs> or disingenuity you. or d- any of the, you know. Oh, somebody's writing some things. Whatever, whatever. Out. Shut up. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Inauthenticity? Sure. It smells worse now more than ever. It's so glaringly obvious what's in, inauthentic. It's great that a place like South Park is, you know, calling them out in a wonderful satirical way that is you know i mean that's that's what comedy is at its best is like you know really calling out the fucking bullshit in the world how else are you going to get your message out there and actually have it resonate and be heard if you're not entertaining right good point real like that's a i've never i've bought dumb shit in my life Uh and i've bought dumb shit because i was entertained by seeing that dumb shit being sold to me yeah you know i i'm gonna get an air fryer are you? Of course I'm going to get an air fryer. It's okay. not going to work. It's going to only sit on my counter, but I want one because I love late night infomercials so much. Oh, see, this is bringing up a whole bunch of stuff for me because it goes back to like the Dan Brown of the fucking, you know, whereas like I'm going to buy a Le Creuset and spend money on it because I want something that is beautiful and that will last. But like... Sometimes I'll fall for the slap chop ad, <laughs> you know, but you prefer a La Crusade to an air fryer. Who doesn't? Um, I mean, if you have a Le Crusade, know. it means you're rich, basically. <laughs> so <laughs> if I have a Le Crusade, I'm doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a kitchen flex. Yeah. Yeah. Meow, meow. I just feel like I'd get more. I'd get more out of the air fryer and it's a much funner thing 
to like have in the kitchen. Should we do our ad read for air fryer now? Oh yeah, this is our way to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is great. Air fryer. <laughs> and let's say there is one that's only nineteen ninety five for three easy payments, and the last payment is free if you act right now. What if? And then it breaks right after. <laughs> yeah. Let's say you can't plug it into an outlet because it will shut down your kitchen. What if? <laughs> In the small print, it says, do not buy. Do not, <laughs> like, do not buy. Like... Definitely do not plug in. <laughs> do not buy. Do not take out of the box. If you do take it out of the box, do not plug in. <laughs> Turn it around. We told you there is no refunds. I love that's the manual that comes with it. Nobody ever fucking reads that. No. I just signed up for a new shoe contest today, and I got 20 free entries, and I gave away my life to get those extra eight. They were like, hey, what's your phone number for an extra entry? And can we look at your management of your YouTube watching to help like algorithms? And it's like, sure, let's do it all. Whoa. I want those Jordans. Fucking data mining. Yeah. That's nuts. Did yeah. you do FaceApp? No. I Fuck no. Yeah. Will not. Of course. Will not. But so many people did. Everyone knows what it is, and they still did it. So many people that I know and love now belong to the Russian government. Oh, you do think it's Russian? It's proven to be Russian. It's a Russian-owned company. It is? Yeah, there was a whole thing. There were, like, news stories about it and stuff. Really? Yeah, it was so then covered deep, in the media. Where they're going to use like, us on deep it. fakes and shit like that in yeah. the future? Well, I whatever. I mean, you basically gave away your rights to all of your images that they like in perpetuity forever that they can use however they want that's part of it why are we so dumb well it's not just being dumb it's you know being ignorant of what it really is you know and some people just like yeah it's in fucking it was through facebook that seems safe right like I anything the jonas brothers do is not safe <laughs> why the jonas brothers because that was the first one i saw on twitter as like the pinned face app trending tweet was oh. the three jonas brothers doing it and being like this is crazy oh it was everyone it was everyone. I mean, there were there were some good funny ones that weren't. We, Why do we fall for this shit? Uh, I don't know. Why do we read Dan Brown? Huh. <laughs> mm. Mm. And I do like Dan Brown. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the callback. Is that perfect. our? Is that our? Did we? Is that? Yeah, we started okay. it. Okay, all <laughs> we, right. We got through Grubble Gazette. Okay. It, it just makes, I I mean, I don't know what else I would say about it because I don't trust anybody at the top of a place like MedMen. And right. the places that I do trust who are in the MedMen hemisphere, mm -hmm. I already know them and I fuck with them heavy and I think they're great fucking people. Right. And we have episodes with them coming out soon. We do. So, yo, the tricky thing with some place like MedMen is they employ some of my friends. Yeah. They have companies that I think are terrific companies repped in their stores mm -hmm. to sell. Mm -hmm. And that's the tricky thing, right? It's Yeah. They so profiled me like, in March. I mean, I'm, I got to, you know, shout that out. Like they were nice yeah. enough to include me in their roundup of women in the cannabis space in March for part of for National Women's Month. And that was really cool. And it felt great. And it was a big platform. And to be recognized on that platform was super, super cool. And I was really grateful for that. But it doesn't mean that I, I mean, it, it actually it's not um, connected to, or I, I need to separate myself from that is what I'm trying to say. I need to completely separate myself from that because here with you, this conversation, and also just as a writer, I need to be able to point at, you know, what their business practices are and, and call them out. And get, yeah. even whether or not they profiled me and said nice things about me in an article. I fuck with MedMen in that they are powerful enough that they will help people I love, hopefully, have better lives yeah they've opened up retail stores and given people access all over the country and they have like one of the first retail shops that's going to go when new york is fully legal people will be able to go there they're one of the 
bigger i think they're probably the country's biggest chain of dispensaries but that also comes with all of the problems that go along with big corporate chains of anything yes starbucks or mcdonald's or you know tweed in canada is the big cannabis company that has dispensaries across the country and like for instance in newfoundland in my hometown of st john's there's a dude named thomas clark who i just profiled for dope and he's running his little shop and then tweed is the big store in downtown st john's and tweed also supplies his store because they're a big um supplier as well as having brick and mortar storefront and when the supply ran low they shipped to their own store but they didn't ship to him uh-huh and just Took like care of themselves first yeah of course and just you know like starbucks used to move into areas where there were like uh, you know mom and pop coffee shops and they just lower their prices and put them out of business and then jack their prices back up like you know it works it fucking works <laughs> it fucking works so now is a time where we have to hold these companies accountable and say like hey we see you and actually that that's not gonna work you can't that- be a racist sexist piece of shit and run a company that actually is ostensibly trying to help people get safe access to a healing plant you just can't sorry bud oh <laughs> you're gonna drop that bud at the end god damn you're on fire tonight <laughs> oh. so well said so well said cool mary jane you're the shit you're so the shit. fucking well said you're the shit it's so great to talk with you because you're able to unravel you you untangle well and then kind of lay out the string in a way that is easy to understand nice thanks fuck I yes appreciate that a great deal what's next uh buds of the week because we have an interview to get to with an amazing <laughs> guest today well we'll get to it in a second we have a really cool one this week yeah feels real nice thank you everybody out there for fucking with us it, it just means a lot it really does and uh well, sometimes we get letters from folks, and that's what uh, this is. This, but our buds of the week this week are it's multi generations of a family, and um, is it okay if I read the whole letter? Nobody wants to hear me read. I don't know. I think some people do. I like your oh, voice. Oh, I've seen the messages and comments we get on Instagram. I could hear you read a recipe forever. <laughs> I like I like your voice too, um, <laughs> but I will read this. So this is our letter from Stephanie, and it's called Gratitude. And she writes, Mary Jane and Mike, I'm 45 and I have the privilege of living in Buena Vista, Colorado, a stunning little mountain town surrounded by 14,000 foot majestic mountains and lots of weed. I have two sons. They said, Mom, you got to listen to Weed and Grub. I am so grateful for the recommendation and for both of you. Weed and Grub has become my daily companion as I drive 36 miles on scenic highway 285 to and from work every day. You are authentic, magical, funny, and inspiring. My sons and I are multi-generational listeners, and what we hear on the pod provides a consistent source of beautiful and meaningful exchanges between my boys and I. I simply felt compelled to share my grateful heart. Thank you most sincerely, Stephanie. This, I mean, I mean, I mean, come on, yeah, come on, amazing. Thank you, Stephanie, for writing that. That was that really did bring a tear to my eye. Um, yeah. Yeah fucking cool i mean not a tear to my eye that's a bullshit thing to say but it did it made me um it touch you yeah i caught my breath and i felt super grateful for the letter and to know that uh i don't know people like listening that just means the world because i like doing this so much with you it's just uh it's everything a family yeah yo a fam a fam yeah yeah i mean that's what we're trying to build right mm-hmm. a fam it feels like we are yeah, yeah. that's all not all that's so important to me to build a fam yeah yeah that's it i just want the world to be a good fam yeah 
Wouldn't that be fucking great? Yes. Look, now you're like Mr. Rogers over there. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the world to be a fam. Yeah. Ah, oh, softening up, Glazer. I, I take out my out, I take off my outdoor hoodie and put on my indoor hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you softening up over there. <laughs> you got me this uh-huh. one. Yeah. Take awesome. off my uh, off whites. Put on my other off whites. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. You ready to get to buds of the week? Yeah, our very important buds. Yeah. So great. We talked to Harry Mack and Lisa Santa Croce. And Lisa, if I'm butchering your name, please, please forgive me. But um, Harry and no, Lisa. I cancel Mary Jane. What are you talking about? <laughs> please don't Lisa, cancel me. cancel Mary Jane. No, please don't because she has the power to do so. Because, <laughs> she does. Yeah. She, with a, like a flick of her finger, she could completely cancel me. So please don't. Please. <laughs> they are a power couple, huh? Hell yes. Hell yes. Oh my gosh. I like sitting across from like a power couple who you can f- see them in their power at mm-hmm. all times and they feed off each other. And like as individuals, it's like, ooh, you're strong. And together, yeah, unstoppable. Feed off and support each other. He's making amazing fucking music. She just started her own business. They have so much going on individually and together. And yeah, we had a great chat. Strength in numbers. Yeah, lift each other up, man. Do you want to get to it? Yep. Okay, without further ado... Do you want to try it one more time? Change the name in case one of them's right, or do you want to just roll right in? I'm just going to say it's Lisa Santa Croce and Harry Mack. Y'all, thanks for having us at your home. Thank Thank you for for being here. Would you mind introducing yourself so everyone knows your voice is? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Harry Mack. I'm Lisa. And together you two are... Halisa. (laughs) (laughs) That is our couple name, yeah. (laughs) So we met when we were all at the High Times Cannabis Cup uh, a couple weeks ago. And you were on stage. You drew that crowd in, man. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, that was fun. That was very fun. That was cool, because at first you hopped on stage and just started playing and everybody started turning their heads and then you saw like the entire cannabis cup make their way to the stage yeah and uh and the timing was right too because it was right around 420 right pretty right. perfect yeah it was incredible man i think that's the power of the freestyle thing you know the improv is people realize you're rapping about them and then they want to come check it out and, and be a part of it you were yeah, like so. the pied piper yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. I, I like to think so. All those stoners who are a very hard crowd to perform for, right? Just really were like drawn in and so fascinated by. Oh, cool! Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. It was great. We had a lot of fun. I mean, as someone who loves fucking freestyle, loves smoking weed, yeah. Uh, there's something about the positivity of your freestyle too, because mm. then everybody's like holding up their shirt and pointing yeah. to a logo, and they're like, "Do me next, do me next." Yeah, totally. That's the thing. People hear what I do, and they're like, "Man, you would kill it on the battle scene." You know, you should really do that. And I've thought about it in the past, and I love watching those, you know, like YouTube battles. There's all these leagues, and it's kind of like watching boxing or something, you know, in rap form. And it's really entertaining. I have a lot of respect for those guys, but I'm like, man, it's not really my vibe. Like, I'm not really about dissing people while I'm rapping, you know? It's more like I'm trying to lure everybody in, like you're saying. I want everybody to be smiling and having a good time. So that's how I I want to just compliment your outfit. Can I just compliment what you're wearing? (laughs) And people feel so special when it's about them. Like, we were at, um, he was shooting his video uh, at Venice, and we got this crowd of people and this woman he said something about her and then she was with some guy who had a tattoo and she was like 
say something about him and like following him around the circle. I'm like, can you just talk about this guy's tattoo? Like everyone wants to feel like they were part of something. And it's, yeah. it's so cool because it's just such a, an honest like yeah. what you're wearing, what your shoes are, what your shirt says, but you're just part of this larger like story. Yeah. Is that how you two met was um, like, posi- like positivity relationship freestyle rapping? <laughs> yeah. I- An epic rap battle. Uh, no, we, we met through mutual friends, just the old fashioned way. <laughs> yeah, the old fashioned way. I actually became, so the story real quick is I uh, met her roommate and best friend from New Jersey, where she's from, um, outside of the satellite in Silver Lake, a bar in Silver Lake. And um, it was me and my friend Christian, and it was her roommate Kayla and her friend Lauren, so the four of us, and we just started hanging out and talking outside the bar, it was like 2.30, and then we were like, you know, let's be friends. And then we exchanged numbers and we started hanging out with them and became friends. And then eventually we went over to Kayla's apartment and then I met Lisa and that's sort of how it and, all Yeah, went and down. I don't really like going out as much. So Kayla would go out and she's like, I'm going out with Harry, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, bye, have fun. I want to sit home on the couch, smoke and watch a movie. Like that's what I want to be doing. And then like a year later, I finally met her. She's like, Harry's coming over. And like, that was it. And when you say sit and smoke, do you, like, do you have like a, a, a ritual where you enjoy like smoking a certain kind of weed and like chilling together and watching movies? Or do you like have a daily weed routine? Now, now I would say I do a little bit more um, now that it's easier to get to. Sure. Um, I like the little brands just like pre-rolled. I like it. You know, after a long day, I like to just sit on the couch. Like, it's kind of like the closing part of it. I don't really smoke as much, like, during the day, but it, like, bookends my night. I'm like, okay, everything's done that I have to do. I want to sit, smoke a joint with a glass of red wine, watch Netflix or whatever I'm watching, and that's that's kind of what I'm into. I've had lots of different weed rituals throughout <laughs> the years. It's evolved over time. I used to only smoke out of bongs. That was hardcore. Um, yeah. You know, that was my that was my vibe for it. Drop some ice cubes in there. Oh yeah, man. I oh, loved man. it. I loved it. I just liked holding this big glass thing and like getting super high. But I <laughs> but I my ritual, the main thing that changed is that I used to always smoke sativas and now I basically only smoke indicas. And I, I think that, you know, like there's this whole thing where when you go to the dispensary because like before there were before there were dispensaries like when I was like in high school like buying weed in a Ziploc bag from like a you know dealer or whatever yeah. doing that thing I never knew what the fuck I was smoking you know indica sativa hybrid who knows you know I was just smoking whatever they gave me but then once the uh, dispensaries came along I would go in and I and the way they pitch it is like I feel like it it is a little misleading in a in a way because they would always be like all right well like you know, do you want to feel like up and creative and like ready to like, you know, work and just like be your best self? Or do you want to just like die in the couch? You know, it's like, yo, like I make music, so no brainer, Sativa. And I never really even like explored the Indica side of the game. And then I realized like, you know what? I started to feel like I was getting kind of like paranoid. You know, I already have a very active mind, so... I was like, you know, maybe I should just try it. Like, maybe I should try the other side. And I find that it doesn't make me die in the couch at all. I, I still feel uh, like I'm able to work and create, but I don't get as crazy in my in my brain. So that's the biggest shift that I've had. 
Do you use it when you're writing? Do you smoke and then write? Yeah, sometimes I do both. I do both. So like I usually start without it, you know, and just because I just like wake up and, and try to start going with as clear of a head as possible. Um, but then uh, when you kind of burn out from the regular sober writing, then sometimes it's nice to change things up a little bit. So then I will incorporate cannabis into the process. <laughs> yeah. And it's great when you're freestyling too. Like, I mean, you know, in college, basically, we would smoke weed and freestyle every night for, for hours. That's when I think I put in those 10,000 hours. <laughs> what, c- what city was that in? Uh, that was I went to USC here in LA, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For, uh, for freestyle, is there a degree? There should have been. No, I, yeah. I basically ended up going for freestyle, but uh, <laughs> that wasn't official. That was like not during class. But I did go for music. I'm a jazz drummer is my background. So oh, fuck, of course. Yeah. So I was in the jazz studies program at, at the Thornton School of Music at USC. Wow. Yeah. A tremendous program. Yeah. USC is legit. It was great. It was great. Yeah. I got to study with uh, Peter Erskine, who's one of the you know most uh, respected jazz drummers alive. So it was really, really incredible. I'm going <sighs> to... To be honest, yeah. when I, my reference for jazz drumming is that fucking movie. Of course. Whatever it's Whiplash. called. Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it it doesn't sound like good drumming to me. Because no. it's like, it, it. I'm so off kilter. Right. The entire time I'm listening to whatever is being played. Yeah. What, why does it sound like it's bad when it's so great? And it's obviously so Here's great. Here's the thing. You're 100% right. My biggest issue with the movie is the drumming because here's the thing his drumming when he's in the practice room is terrible it doesn't make any sense like it's bizarre it sounds like they recorded it multiple tracks like they recorded a cymbal take and then a snare take and then a bass drum take all separate you know it's very chaotic and it's like unlike anything that anybody would ever be practicing right and then on the in the final scene he kills it Right. Like it's like all of a sudden all that hard work paid (laughs) off and now he's ready to slay. But my thing was like, okay, like I get that, you know, from the whole Hollywood perspective of telling the story, they want you to realize he's struggling, 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 struggling. And then he arrives, but he's supposed to be at Juilliard, right? Like they (laughs) they give it a different name, but like. It's the premier music school in New York. So it's Juilliard, right? Or Manhattan School of Music or something like that. And like the guys who are going to that school are killing before they even walk in the door. (laughs) They sound great, you know, and they get better while they're there. But I thought that was interesting that they made the drumming sound so illogical, off kilter. Like you said, it's so weird, you know, when he's when he's practicing. Yeah, because I always hear it's like, oh, it's the notes you're not playing and all that old tried and true jazz thing. And so I was like, oh, I must, I just, I guess my ear is wrong, you know? Yeah. No, no. The notes he wasn't playing were incredible. That's true. Yeah. Like, I've always wanted to love jazz because I feel like if you like jazz, you're smart. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. Smart people like jazz. Like, smart yeah. people like opera and poetry. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and sometimes those things are hard to appreciate if you don't have the right kind introduced to you. Right. And freestyle is so wonderful. Like, right away, your heart opens to hear exactly what you're saying right. to, directly to me. You speak to me right, right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really totally. great. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, because it's just, um, I talk about this sometimes with my jazz friends because I'm like, man, um, they're all such incredible improvisers, right? But it's like, if you don't play jazz, you don't know what makes it so incredible. 
you know? And there's this whole thing. There's like this chord structure that's moving underneath the notes they're playing and the notes they're playing are having to match these changing chords and they're, it still has to flow and sound like a melody. And there's so much going into the improv that's like their brains are just functioning at this super crazy high level, right? But if you're watching it, you wouldn't necessarily know that. So I always tell my friends, I'm like, it's kind of unfair because like you guys are as good, if not better at improvising than I am. The difference is I'm just improvising in plain English, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you don't have to know. I mean, you can see right away what makes it interesting and impressive. You know, it's in English. Everyone can understand if I'm rapping about your sweatshirt right. that I'm doing it off the top of my head and it rhymes and it's in cadence and all those things are in place and that's hard to do. But with a jazz solo, it's so much of it is sort of under the hood, so to speak, you know? I think of it like Shakespeare versus like really amazing TV today. Yeah, you know, like totally. Like that, that kind of level of storytelling where it's right. like the same themes and the same mm -hmm. humanity, but one you get and one is yeah, yeah. just... It, my brain doesn't <laughs> interpret it necessarily. Or exactly. like, what is he really saying? Yeah. Exactly. And you mean that you don't understand Chicago Fire, but Hamlet <laughs> makes perfect sense? Uh -huh. <laughs> Great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> That's awesome. Do, do you feel at all like with those great art forms like jazz, poetry, mm. opera, Shakespeare, mm -hmm. that like it's really hard to find the really great ones and that the bad ones are what are so off-putting and that that's what's so out there. Like, I feel like everyone's seen that terrible jazz trio at their local <laughs> bar and they're like, oh God, I have to leave, you yeah. know? But the, if you listen to, I don't know, like what would you say the greatest jazz for you is? My favorite stuff is like 50s, 60s era. Like, I love just some of the greats that you've heard a million times, like Miles Davis, John Coltrane, mm -hmm. Bill Evans. I, I like that stuff. The older stuff appeals to me a lot because it wasn't so out, um, it, which is like what we say in jazz, it's out, you know, if it's, if it's weird or very modern. Um, and so it still had like a great feel and a great groove and repetition and elements that you could latch on to even if you weren't a jazz musician, you know, and, that, and that's what appeals to me the most. That's my favorite stuff. But that's interesting what you say about like, you know, so the, the shitty wedding band and stuff. And we've all heard that before. And that does tend to scar us, I think. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the other thing, too, is like the sort of the order in which you learn about the parts of jazz could make a big difference just in the sense that like if you start with the craziest most modern out jazz you're probably going to be like jazz isn't for me but in the 30s and shit people were like the same way they go to raves now they were going to jazz concerts you know oh, that's wild to think about yeah like it was like the pop music like that's what people wanted to do like to defy their parents it was like go out and swing dance with a live jazz big band and back then there was a lot of elements in the music that are in pop music like repetition the drums weren't going all over the place they were going you know it was a lot more like okay it's catchy you know and it's fun it was the pop music at the time so i think if you start there um maybe that to a lot of people that will sound corny but maybe if you start in the 50s you know where there it still has some of those repetitive elements and it's a little easier to process and then sort of get into the more out stuff i think that works a little better as far as appreciating it you know 
And it was actually so popular that it was part of what they used to make weed illegal, right? Like yeah. during the you know the very beginning of marijuana prohibition, they saw That's that right. jazz was appealing to all of these people and that they were enjoying like smoking the reefer right. and listening to jazz, and that right. scared the authorities. Totally. So so like jazz was used as propaganda. Is that what you're saying? Well, they, they said that marijuana would encourage you to listen to jazz music, and that was part of what the anti-marijuana wow. uh, people, Anslinger yeah. and all those guys, used as as uh, a reason to make weed illegal was because that it might make you listen to jazz. That's crazy. Yeah, like in the Reefer That's Madness why. movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever seen that? Yeah. The propaganda movie Reefer Madness? Like, yeah. I think they talk about... Or like something like I remember seeing a funny clip where like the guy's like smoking a joint and like puts on a jazz record or something and then like you know his eyes turn red or it's the the devil's music or something you know because it's not the national anthem exactly it's super illegal yeah Yeah. makes you want to dance and have a great time that's right I know but actually I think Louis Armstrong was one of the first people to like come out and say you know I use cannabis every day and I love it and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There's some like um, telegram that Louis Armstrong wrote where he talks about how much he loves smoking pot and playing. Fuck, man, cool. It's <laughs> cool, <laughs> right? And then, so then, when you're when you're writing lyrics or you're freestyling, yeah, are you are you just taking like did jazz come first and you were like, oh, I can transfer this because I have an ear for language, so it's a it's a one to one in a way. Um, it well. They do cross over. It does. It is a one to one as far as I use the rhythm from jazz drumming when I rap. But as far as which one I did first, like I actually kind of, I think I fell in love with hip hop first uh, as a kid. You know, my sister like turned me on to hip hop radio when I was in like third grade or something like that. And so it was like late 90s, early 2000s, like hip hop from the radio. So yeah. it was like Ja Rule and Ashanti and Fabulous and like Ludacris and you know, 56. That was like pop hip hop too. Yeah, it was pop hip hop. Yeah. So that was the first stuff that I was listening to and being like, yo, this is dope. And me and my friends loved it um, when we were kids. And so I, I always loved hip hop and I started writing lyrics like back in like fifth grade as well and like started my little rhyme book. I wasn't freestyling or improvising yet, but I, I, I wanted to try my hand at writing rap lyrics. So I, that was sort of first. And then I started playing the drums when I was in fifth grade and my dad was really into jazz music and had, he doesn't play, but he has like a big, um, he had a CD collection um, and he had like all of Miles Davis's stuff and that, he loves Miles Davis. And then he stemmed out from there and learned about Coltrane and other people that had worked with Miles. And so when I became a drummer, he started showing me those records and I was like, oh, this is, this is super dope. So they kind of like, you know, formed at, at the same time. I mean, both when I was really young. You just did the DNA yeah. <laughs> with your hands as you said. I forgot the mic can't pick that up. I, I like use my hands a lot when I'm talking, but... Um, it, was, it was just so like subconscious. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. But they definitely influence each other a ton. And I, I sort of take that for granted too. Sometimes I forget like, so much of what makes rap sound good is the rhythm and and i'm just lucky that i'm also a drummer you know so rhythm is sort of my language uh and i do think about it that way a a freestyle rap is like a drum solo with words you know and even if you're not saying anything or you can't figure out what you're saying next if it if the rhythm feels good and it has an interesting cadence you'll fool most people it'll still be cool you know yeah yeah like when um do you know sway in the morning yeah. yeah, Five Fingers of Death and everything, yeah. where it's just all the different styles and different 
like ways that you can attack right the beat yep so are you are you conscious of that and it's like oh i i like i have a bunch of styles in my arsenal definitely yeah 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 i always i try to challenge myself to like mix up the rhythm all the time all the time and and i try to rap over all different tempos and you know different time signatures and stuff and just challenge myself to find new little pockets and cadences and stuff fuck man i'm gonna be honest i came in here kind of expecting uh to just talk about hip-hop and freestyle where it's like you just kind of like it's couplets more or less right and now we're getting into like time signatures when it comes to this, and it's really great. It's really yeah, fascinating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally, man. I love it. But you know, at, at, you're right though. At the basic level, it is couplets. You know, the way to put together a a basic freestyle verse is like similar to putting together a joke, like a very simple joke. Yeah. In the sense that like there's a punchline and then there's a setup, and I th- and I do it in reverse. Like if I'm gonna rap about the water bottle. It's like, okay, water bottle is the punchline. Mm. And then you need a set of something that rhymes with bottle. So it doesn't really matter what it is. That It's not that important. Like, um, if you want to learn to rap, I'm the best model. My flow is liquid like out the water bottle. You know, so then you just keep piecing it together like that, one after the other. And at first, there's like a gap in between. So you think of that. And before you start, your friend's going... Then he passes it to you and you use that line, I'm the model, yo, my flow is liquid just like a water bottle. Oh. And then you, you have this gap, right? right. And so right. over time you just work on closing that, narrowing that gap so that while you're doing the bottle line, I'm like, next punchline is picture frame. And I know that's coming. So you can start, you start to sort of layer them a little bit and you just practice it and get better at it. it I think anybody could become maybe not a great freestyler, but a pretty solid freestyler when they're smoking weed on the couch with their friends <laughs> if they practiced it every weekend for a year they'd be like infinitely better than they are right now it's like circular breathing for your brain word right that's dope <laughs> that's so cool i never thought of it. it is though yeah it is right because you're inhaling while you're exhaling it's yeah like, yeah you're layering it that's nuts it really is that's fire i'm gonna Whoa. use that <laughs> circular breathing for the brain we should go back to usc and do like an mri of like what's lighting up at which times because yeah. that's fascinating yeah mm-hmm. for real that i would be so curious to know you know because it is this combination of thinking and not thinking you know if you're thinking too much while you're doing it you're gonna mess up so you kind of have to just ride the wave but obviously you have to think of what you're saying next so that's funny i think last night when i was reading some comments um on a video someone was like we should see what his brain looks like when it's all happening and i was like oh my god yeah like what is going on in there yeah. besides a lot but like what <laughs> is it like what does it look like <laughs> yeah that would be so cool to see like you know like you just like eating something or drinking coffee and what lights up then and then you taking that big mental breath and just firing it all yeah. up and going because totally. it's really like the those spaces that you're talking about too is sort of like what you fill with i think what in jazz you would call scat right right what is there a name for it in freestyle? Oh, like how you know, like words that I fill the spaces with. Yeah, like just those little syllables and noise yeah. sounds. Like I've heard them called filler phrases mm-hmm. or filler words. You know, go tos. I mean, like I'm I'm famous or infamous for my like I always used to say Harry Mack, my name. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It, yes. It, no, it, I mean, yeah. I can't take credit for it being brilliant. I it just it became a like a tick, you know, and it stuck. Uh huh. Um, 
but it ended up working because I've like met people who were like, yeah, man, like I, I knew who you were because you say your name so many fucking times <laughs> in your videos, you know, so it ended up working. But yeah, most freestylers have like signature little filler phrases they use because you have to, you know, while you're thinking about the next thing, you just have to keep your mouth moving, you know. So then what happens when you disappear and come back to yourself? What do you mean? Well, I mean, I've watched a bunch of your videos, man. And yeah. like and you can almost see moments where your your eyes oh, yeah. almost glaze over. Yeah. And you're you're kinda gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's like a flow state or something, you know? Like, um I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's it's interesting because my brain's all over the place in daily life, you know? And then when I'm freestyling, I'm like extremely focused. And it's kinda like you're just like and I, I love it. I just love the feeling of it. And it's like you dive in and then I'm just like, I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just focused on connecting the, the shit in the moment. I, yeah, I don't know. Are you know. seeing the words the, um, in your not, mental mind, like not, your mind's eye? Not like written out. You're not? No, definitely okay. not. No. And, and that's the challenge is like when I write, like I have to then like, so I write it, I get the draft of it, whatever. And then it's like too stiff and it, it lacks the flow. So I have to like, be like, okay, but how would I say it in a freestyle? And it's really strange. It's like, I almost don't know how to rap until I start rapping. It's like, it's such a feel thing. And it's just like, just dive in and like start to get in that mode and in that zone and like disappear like you're talking about. And then it'll just happen. But if it's like, Sometimes it's hard for me, like with a blank page. Okay, write a rap. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know. Like, uh, it just says okay. Mac attack. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. It's like the art of piecing it together in the moment helps me access the ability to to rap in the first place. If that makes any sense. I'm gonna draw. It's a leap, but I don't think it's a leap at all. Word. Because you just saying like you have to dive right in to yeah. get it going, and before we start recording, saying that you just quit your job to dive right into something new because yeah. that's oh. the only way to do anything 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 yeah that's major bro i love that <laughs> i love that it's so true it really is and it's like you know it's the same thing like you're now that you've quit your job and you're you're having to piece together the next thing only now will you know how to piece it together 100 percent. and i mean i like saying i've i left my job quit seems to have hmm. this like connotation but I felt like it was time to move on to the next thing and there's nothing wrong with that it's just I felt drawn to something else and if it kind of simmered in the background for too long I was like well what is this thing gonna be and I had to like give it space to to let it grow into something and now I have to piece together a bunch of things to make it happen and I couldn't see that if I was sitting in an office from nine to five because I can only see what was in front of me what I was supposed to be doing so now since I've left so many random pieces have fallen together that I'm just like why how did I even get put in a room with this person and like all I did was reach out to this person and they've connected me to three other people and like I couldn't ever imagine that that would happen if I didn't give it the chance to like breathe and give it a life of its own it's kind of wild it's been a pretty wild last month or so mm -hmm. synchronicity right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and then you just start paying attention to things too that you're like oh like 
being in the grind, I always thought I was a very structured person. I'm like, ooh, a nine to five, great. I know when I have to get up. I know when I'm eating lunch. Cool, done. I like that. We talked about Excel spreadsheets. I'm like, I love a spreadsheet. Like, that's my brain. And then I realized I don't like it as much and it's allowing me not to pick up on other things that I could be drawn to. And I think after we had moved in together and kind of seeing how much he spends on his craft and like wants to go into his studio after dinner and work. I was like, oh, people really like love what they do. Like that's crazy to me. Like he just wants to. I'm like, ooh, vacation time. Like Fourth of July is coming up. I would be stoked to have like the holiday on. He's like, oh, well, I have to work like in the morning. I'm like, oh my god. Like let's go do something. But now I told, like I get it, and he's really inspired me to make this leap into just like working super hard at something and it it's been awesome we like work very well together even though we work on totally different things but um yeah it's it's allowed me to put together so many pieces and just pay attention and have like my antenna up of like what like what's coming in what can i do with this stuff so and what are you doing now what am i doing um so basically um it's this niche kind of thing and there's not really a formal title so that's kind of what I'm struggling with but I guess the closest would be kind of a creative entrepreneur manager so helping people who are either you know starting up their own business or they're an artist or a creative in some way kind of taking on the business strategy admin side to free up their day so that they can work on the craft that they want to do so with Harry, I kind of, I'm going to be starting taking on some of his, you know, day-to-day tasks so he can be in the studio and just make more music, which is the thing that makes him feel fulfilled. So that's what I hope to do with a lot of people. You sound to me like a conduit for people who don't understand people who are immersed in their craft. Like you sound like mm-hmm. someone that, you know, like a, a, an accountant could speak to if they're like, well, I don't understand why my... Uh, you know, my partner just wants to be in the studio, but like you could bridge that gap and help them actually understand. Exactly. And I mean, that was something I had to learn when we first started dating. I'd be like, I want to hang out with you. Like, why can't we hang out all the time? Like, this is so (laughs) exciting. We're like in the honeymoon phase. And he's like, well, I have to work, blah, blah, blah. And he like set certain expectations. And then I've had friends who are getting in relationships with other musicians specifically and or creatives and I was like listen I know it's hard but it doesn't mean like you just have to understand their process and you have to understand you know I think it's important to say like I had to say this is what I expect in a relationship like I couldn't just be like okay it's all about you nothing about me <laughs> but that's like what compromises and it was it was something we like worked through early on and I was like dude I get it and now I'm like okay are you going in the studio I want to like read by myself on the couch go to work like now like I want him to like be doing that I'm like okay this is me time now but um it, it is important creatives have a very specific way of working and when they're in flow state especially like no one's interrupting them they don't want to be interrupted and it doesn't affect uh your relationship and whether it's a romantic or a personal one it's just it's just how they want to be so that's awesome like the sound of you making music is what makes you Mm. understand that you're both in the flow Mm -hmm. yeah like that yeah 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 it's cool i'm a little less crazy like with it than i used to be too because i used to just be like i i just only want it like when i was in college it's like i only want to practice drums like all the time Mm. and like rap and just 
only do music and like now I've realized and so like you know I got a lot of skills together during that time but now I'm like oh man like sometimes like I just have a really great conversation with somebody and I'm like now I have so many ideas and I'm realizing like that's so critical like Mm -hmm. making time to like be with people and just talk about stuff and mm-hmm. like experience things it is so critical I like went through the skill development phase and then it's like okay cool but like now what am I what am I gonna say you know I still want to say something meaningful and cool or funny or whatever you know I, I want to communicate so nowadays I'm more into like making time to you know not just be in the studio working but be out in the world living and yeah trying to get ideas we we read this amazing book that we call our Bible. Um, It's called Manage Your Day-to-Day, Setting Up Routine Structure and Something for Creative Minds. I would have to get the book, but it really talks about like, it's like (laughs) all about, (laughs) um, it's all about like work productivity. And that's something that we've really both taken on. uh, And that's something that I also want to help clients with is like, he would be in the studio for like, hours and hours and hours and at the end of the day he would be like I didn't do anything and I'm like what are you talking about like why are you being hard on yourself blah 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 but it's the oldest cliche of work smarter not harder like sometimes it's counterproductive to do something for 12 hours of a day because you're just running into yourself like once your creative energy is like drained a bit then you need to go out for a walk and you need to recharge and now um, there's there's a method of doing everything in 90 minute blocks that's like literally all your brain can kind of stay focused on a task for and then once you go beyond that like working on something for two three hours is actually a bit counterproductive sometimes so that's like bringing in that balance and then at the end of the day you feel like you can actually look back and say like what did I accomplish so and on the like, note of like taking the time to like go read a book or have a yeah. great conversation like you can't fill a glass with an empty pitcher right right like mm-hmm. you have to take that so time mm-hmm. to go on a vacation yeah. or do whatever it is to replenish your brain definitely yeah so you can yeah. pour out the words right definitely. yeah, yeah. 100%. And, and it could be reading a book about the craft that you're mm-hmm. doing but it's just a different way of getting the information and experience and developing your skill. It's funny though, because we call the book the Bible and then we'll be out in public and we'll be talking <laughs> and then like out of nowhere, super loud, like Lisa will be like, it's just like it says in the Bible. No, 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 no. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't read it like that. Um, yeah, everyone in the grocery store yeah, takes like one step back. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> but it is I like I gave a copy to like everyone I know I'm like you need to read this you need to read this it is amazing it's by um the creators of Behance are you familiar with Behance it's like an online um like portfolio website for artists so they have like a lot of content about for creatives and stuff so it's like a three-part series I just found out it's part of a trilogy so I like went nuts and awesome. now we have to order the rest of them. I'll show it to you. Yeah, Please. Yeah, well, totally. real talk. Totally, like, yeah. This is I'm not behind the scenes. It's in the forefront. But mm. the two of us um, will butt heads because I feel like if I'm not punishing myself by sitting in front of my computer all day long, mm-hmm. then I'm a failure. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if I don't go out at night to go to some comedy club 
then what am I doing? I'm wasting mm-hmm. time and talent. And yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and quite frankly, it's wildly unproductive. But then I get mm-hmm. mad at Mary Jane because she's like, I'm going on a hike with my dog. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, why? <laughs> That's right. not going to do any good for mm-hmm. this, like, you know. And right. um, and we'll we'll butt heads on it yeah. for this exact same thing. Man, it's tough. I yeah. think because, like, we're not in a in a profession where, like, you go to a job and, and a boss says, here's what you need to get done today, you know, and then you do it and then they, you know, high five, good job. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. ever really happen. We only get those high fives every once in a while when we have a breakthrough or when we like accomplish something mm-hmm. really important to us. But on a day to day, sometimes it's hard like to congratulate yourself for just putting the time in and then allow yourself to, like you say, fill the picture and get inspired mm-hmm. and go on those hikes and stuff. So I feel you, bro. I've, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've been right there and still some often find myself in that place where it's like, I got to work harder. You know, I got to go spend more hours. Yeah. I think the tricky thing is, and I would love to hear how you Mm. deal with this because Mm. when we have big breakthroughs and things happen and we're like really proud of the podcast or other projects we're working on and we're like, fuck yeah, let's go get a meal. But then the next day I'm like, yeah, duh, of course. That we deserve it. We worked so hard. Now what? What's next? Right. And like, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to enjoy it and just take it all in for me sometimes. And yeah. I think you're a lot better at just feeling good. Yeah. Oh, I well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I think it's just the difference in like an obsessive nature versus yeah. like a like I don't yeah I, de- I definitely don't feel like punishing myself if I don't accomplish certain things. Like I I, I just know that it'll happen. At some point, I'm, I think I'm just a little easier on myself. I don't know why mm. that is, mm-hmm. but it works well. I mean, when you're in, when you're like in in conversation with someone because you make me work, right? Hard, you know, you hold my feet to the fire, and then I'll force you to like close your computer and go for a walk. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. So it works yeah. well. Yeah. 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 Oh, I haven't heard Same my thing. voice today. Oh <laughs> <laughs> right. shit! Right. right, right. Yeah, it's so real. We drink definitely water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely have that obsessive thing. But you're right. I mean, you know, it's not like one is right and one is wrong. I think it's like try to find that balance right mm-hmm. and figure out where we are on that spectrum yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so then when you two do have those like we combined our powers and yeah. you know <laughs> shot to the moon yeah. yeah are you able to em- embrace them and enjoy them and feel good sometimes i mean i th- like i'm the same man I'll, I'll, as you like i especially in the beginning like because i guess I wasn't really known as Harry Mack, the freestyler. I haven't been known as such for very long, only, you know, two and a half years or so now. And and it all sort of, I've been rapping since I was in fifth grade, but like I'd never really made a push to do it professionally. So anyway, there, you know, I had like this viral video and then it was like, okay, what comes from here? And then some opportunities came from that. And it was always just like next step, next step, looking ahead to the next step. And I really wasn't taking any time to celebrate all the accomplishments along the way, you know, of just saying like, oh, that's so cool that people liked this first video. That's awesome. You know, that's cool that I overcame my self-doubt and put that out there. Like, let me take some time. It was like, no, like now what, you know? And I still, that's like my natural sort of way is to just be like, okay, great. Like I almost forget about the accomplishment as soon as it happened because now I'm just looking for the next thing. And so I think, I I don't think that's great. I think it's good to take time to celebrate the the minor, the smaller victories along the way. So I'm working, I'm getting a little better at it, you know? Yeah. What do you do here in LA to like restore your... uh 
settings when you I go read. on walks. Yeah. I love going on walks. I've always been a long walk type of guy. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I'll just like go walk around this neighborhood. You know, that's my go-to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I, I've started making time to like do these little like artist dates, you know, where I'll just like go by myself and, and try to do something to help fill the picture like you're talking about. Like I'll go to like a museum by myself or just go to like an interesting part of town and like explore, dip into a random bar, you know, dip into whatever random clothing store and just like, I don't know, just browse and sort of like, you're playing like jazz with a stroll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. yeah. 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 improvise a little <laughs> bit about, yeah, totally. Um, with no real aim other than just to observe and sort of have fun and, and, Try to catch a little inspo. Don't look at me. Oh, no. I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it. Do you have one of those, Mike? I'm working on it. Yeah, you do. You know, yeah. I, my, for me, it's that 1 a.m. Uh, dicing an onion, chopping up a mm-hmm. mushroom, just freestyling in the kitchen, yeah. more or less. You know, <laughs> find a bunch of veggies, a bunch of meat, and just fucking around for three hours. Like, really, like, the, the journey to the meal mm. is way more important than whatever the hell I'm making in the kitchen. Well, unless it's chicken parm, which you made the other night. And straight oh, I up, make... I was like, you made that and you didn't fucking invite me over? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I did make a fucking good a chicken parm. Yeah. It was like a 2 a.m. chicken parm. Oh, my God. Up, wow. I saw it on his Insta story oh the next day and I was like, yo, <laughs> yeah, did man. you save me some? <laughs> yeah, hit me up next time. I'll come through. Oh, <laughs> Great, wow. perfect. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, every, you're all welcome at 2 a.m. Come through. Oh, yeah, make man, a chicken parm at 2. Yeah, 2 a.m. chicken parm. Oh, I love the idea of like a like a 2 a.m. bat signal through Instagram story, but it's a instead of a bat, it's just a big piece of fried flat chicken with some melted mozzarella on it. Yes, a bat signal. I wonder though if people would be able to make out the silhouette of that. You know, would oh, it just no. sort of look like a lump? Like, is that Long Island? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> might not be distinct enough, but I'll know since we talked about okay, cool. it. So I'll, I'll yeah. come. So how'd you learn to cook? You, are you just self? You figured it out as you went, or did you like? No, man. Well, I mean, I'm a. I I grew up just eating frozen pizza and peanut butter sandwiches and Word. fish sticks and shit. And yeah. then, uh, um, and then after Worst Cooks, I got third on that show, and I got real mad because I was like, I think I should have won. You know, competitive. Does that mean spot. third worst? Yeah, best of the worst, so third place. I see. So like, I got eliminated in the semifinals. So okay. the show right before the finale. And, but I loved it, and I'm learning from these like Food Network stars how to cook. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've got a I've got a kitchen that is fucking Food Network, so it's all wow. top of the line stuff. So I stole mad equipment from it. Um, nice. Side note, and uh, for real. Oh hell yeah! I had a cu- I left the cutting board in my apartment is a Bobby Flay cutting board. When I got eliminated, I just walked out with it and put it in my roll away. <laughs> That's like, fire! <laughs> That's so dope. <laughs> and uh, and so, but I got angry because yeah. I I wish I would have won. And then I did like weekend culinary school in Pasadena to learn foundations. And dope. Mary Jane came to my graduation. I'm wearing a chef's coat That's and I got a certificate. So awesome. yeah. Sick, bro! That's amazing. Yeah, That's amazing. So it was that kind of thing where it was like I'm not. This, I love this, yeah. so I want to get good at it. That's so cool, bro. That's Hell awesome. Yeah. It was fun, too, because we just started making the podcast, and Mike was like, yo, like I love this podcast, but I'm going to dip every weekend, and you're not going to see me for a couple of days. And then these like pictures would pop up on his Instagram, like mm. you know, him with like a perfectly boned fish, and I was like, I see what you're doing. Like, uh-huh. I see that you're like 
like replenishing a part of yourself mm-hmm. that you need to be in place for you to be a great mm-hmm. writer and comic and podcaster. Yeah. Like the food was an important aspect for you. That's yeah. awesome. And I used to think, actually, I used to think that it was spite mm. that was driving that. And then it took me a minute to like realize the spite was me protecting myself from the idea of like loving something. Right. You know what I mean? So I had to use the idea of it being anger to get sure. there yeah. because it, it, I couldn't let myself know that I was just enjoying myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But it was the love of the game. Like I love, yeah, cooking's the shit. So yeah, That's you're awesome. all welcome. And anyone listening to this, I mean. Watch out for the bat signal. Yeah, look um, for that bat signal. That Watch for that, that lump. <laughs> yeah, that, that lump is actually delicious. <laughs> <laughs> we actually really want to do something where we like have like a weed and grub day where we make food and smoke weed and, in like a pop-up form. Oh, that'd be you so guys dope. Have to that come. sounds 100%. ideal. Yeah. yeah, it would be so great. Yeah. There. Is this going to be your first time performing in Vegas coming up? Yeah, yeah, oh, day yeah. in Vegas. Yeah, I'm Dude. so stoked, man. I, I, uh, yeah, it's that's wild. That's, cool. that's a big one because it's like J. Cole, Travis Scott, Kendrick Lamar are the headliners, and it's it's kind of like everybody in hip hop is at the festival, and so to yeah, you know. And somehow. by the way, we've been driving around now like this past whole month, just mm. listening to Middle Child on repeat. Oh yeah, by J. Cole, <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Such a yeah. cool song. Talk about like somebody just writing for themselves right and like so niche at the beginning and just like doing it for them and for like the real heads who are like if you get it and you understand what i'm saying great and if you don't i don't really give a fuck yeah like yeah we we have a joke that it's the song about the cup oh yeah Yeah. what's the song about that cup he keeps rapping about a cup oh it's got nothing to do with it's about so much more than that oh yeah yeah the song about the cup i just put something in my cup right 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 That's, that's the part awesome. you retain? That's what I retain. That's <laughs> man, no, like, yeah, J. Cole is so incredible, man. Like, as an artist, he's, like, definitely one of my favorites. And I remember, like, he was, like, coming out with mixtapes and stuff when I was in college. And, like, I remember just listening to the mixtapes and tripping out. And, like, then it's always super special when you feel like you were checking them out back then. And then you wa- you see the growth and you're like... Oh, like there it is like he's arrived and now he's one of the biggest artists in the game yeah and same with kendrick like in college i was watching like kendrick's videos you know and he had already like done some stuff with dre and they were supposedly working and stuff but it was all like underground kind of and then it was just like good kid mad city came out and i was like yep here we go and it's just like since then like what he's done as an artist is, is amazing so it's and now you're sharing a stage with him yeah yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, J. Cole's the headliner on, on my day, which I'm super excited about. So, yeah, it's amazing. It's super amazing. It's inspiring. Like, all, both of those guys have, have inspired me a ton. Fucking congrats, man. Yeah. man yeah. To both of you. Congrats to yeah. both of you. Because, like, yeah. as Thank you're, you. you're both, like, raising each other up at the exact totally. same time, which yeah. is the coolest time to talk to both of you. Yeah. yeah. Man, awesome. yeah. It's Look pretty, at us. We're doing it. It is. No, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool, yeah. What a year. What a year. Yeah, I'm glad we could, we could do it at this time. It is perfect. I'm glad we met, we uh, got together. We've got to wrap up. We're a little... Uh, we said Time is not real. It's right. Nothing's time. real. What We're all time. making it up. That's, That's right. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, to send us out, I'd, uh, plugs are super important. But then I know everybody who's listening to this is gonna want to hear you. You know, just close the fucking show if oh. you don't mind. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Right. Let's do it. Okay. So, but plugs. Let's do plugs because uh, you, you can't follow what you can't follow. You know? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, and by yeah. the way, and yeah. that just doesn't <laughs> settle. So, um, 
my company it's called any and all and uh my name is lisa santacroach that's my website uh are you gonna type this up it's a kind of a yeah, yeah we a will but hard last name to spell but um lisa and my last name is s-a-n-t-a-c-r-o-c-e.com owner of any and all thanks mm. for having me uh, yeah, Harry Mack. Um, let's see, my album is out now. It's called Contents Under Pressure, available on all major streaming platforms. And uh, I'm working on new music, and I'm really excited to be performing at Day in Vegas on November 1st. Check it out. Wow, Still tickets on fire. sale yeah. tomorrow. I want to Friday. That's right. Yeah, that's we'll right. We gotta go. Oh, yeah, that would be so Let's dope. Because it, it'll go, we'll go to Life is Beautiful. And then we'll just stay in Vegas yeah. all the way until that. Right. Yeah, you guys should probably just move to Vegas. Yeah, I think so. I, I think about it. <laughs> hey, yeah. And your Instagram is at Harry Mac? Yes, at Harry Mac. Yeah, across the board, everything is, is at Harry Mac. So, yeah, follow, like, and uh, or dislike, but you know. But like, live your truth. Yeah. I'm yeah. out there. But if people dislike, make sure they tag three friends yes. to see that comment so right. that those three friends mm. can find you and then tell that person who disliked it that they're fucking wrong. Right. <laughs> yes. Exactly. exactly. That's, cool. the, that's the process. That's the best circular, circular breathing I can do is just start running my mouth and then something will come out. Yeah. yeah. There um, it is. I don't, do you need a beat? Do you want to go acapella? Like how oh. should we take weed and grub out uh, I, for this podcast? It seems complicated to try to do a beat, so maybe I'll just do acapella. Or I can accompany myself with snaps. Whatever you like. You know, because I'm a jazz drummer originally. So, yo, <laughs> Harry Max, Faz with the raps. No instrumental like company with the snaps. Live off the top with the lyrical love. I had to do the podcast for Weed and Grub. It's going down to sucker rappers. I'm going to do harm. Looking for the bat signal for the chicken palm. Yeah, I see it. Then I start to salivate. My God. At first, I thought it was some kind of ugly shit blob. But then I realized my man's a good cook. So when I saw the signal, I thought that's a good look. Yeah, in fact. I might swing through, could be enriching 2 a.m. and we just chilling in the kitchen. Even with the stutter, Mac will recover. When it comes to rhyming, my lyrics fatter than blubber. Yeah, yo, off the top, the heavy lyrics, I be heaving. What you seeing is mental, circular breathing. Keep it all in action, you know I'm doing harm on any rapper who's against weed or Louis Armstrong. It's H. Mac, yo, I'm ready to spaz. I improvise off the top with the lyrical jazz. I'm making it happen when I'm snapping, I'm just locking into the rhythm. When it be coming to kick and rhymes with off the tip I got precision live off the top of the dome I bring the flows it's a green pop filter or a clown nose H-Mac hey yo I be way above the average Mary has a red one that there would be the classic you've seen it on a clown Harry Mac will arrive to spit the flow that's liquid like some crystal geyser yeah I'm coming off the top too strong see me a day in Vegas Harry Mac y'all I'm gone peace